Hi, welcome to Nutra Champion, a podcast series where we speak with experts specializing in nutrition research, including scientists, doctors, and policy makers. Here, we will find out more about their research journey, their career, and even some personal life lessons. I'm Ting Ming, the editor of Nutra Ingredients Asia and your host for this podcast. You can listen to our past episodes on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. Hi everyone, welcome back to this episode of Nutra Champion. Our guest today is Dr. Chakrapani P.S., the Honorary Director at the Centre for Neuroscience and Assistant Professor at the Department of Biotechnology, Cochin University of Science and Technology, located in Kerala, India. Prior to this, Dr. Chakrapani was a researcher with the Van Endel Research Institute, an independent biomedical research institute located in Michigan, USA, and also a research fellow at the Department of Pharmacology at the National University of Singapore. He received his PhD from the University of Freiburg in Germany. Dr. Chakrapani's research focuses on neuroscience and the gut-brain axis, amongst others. Hi, Dr. Chakrapani. Thank you for joining me on this episode of Nutra Champion. So it has been a, a pretty busy period for you, isn't it? Thank you, Tingmin, for this nice introduction and for inviting me for this wonderful podcast. So shall we start? Sure, sure. Yeah, I would like to start off with the topic of brain health or cognitive health, uh, which is, you know, one of your areas of expertise. And this is also one of the much discussed topics in the health and nutrition space. And different age groups have different demands when it comes to improving their cognitive function. And on Nutra Ingredients Asia, we recently covered one of your clinical studies, which assessed the effects of encapsulated curcumin versus unformulated standard curcumin and placebo among older adults with mild to moderate dementia. And the key findings were published in, you know, the, the frontiers, of de- frontiers in Dementia. So could you highlight some of the key findings of this study? Okay, so before going into the details of the study, I would just uh, like emphasis on key points like dementia, Alzheimer's. So as you all know, uh, dementia is an umbrella term for most of the cognitive defects or the cognitive related disorders. So among that, the majority of the, there are different types of dementias like uh, Parkinson dementia, frontotemporal dementia, and uh, uh, vascular dementia. Among this, almost 70 to 80 percent are Alzheimer's dementia. So for this study, we have focused mainly on the Alzheimer's dementia and uh, focusing mainly on mild to moderate dementia. So the key findings of our study was that supplementation with a bioavailable formulation of curcumin, uh, curcumin which is called as curcufen. So, which is like a highly bioavailable formulation prepared from um, uh, the curcumin and it produced significant improvement in the cognitive and locomotor functions in the subjects with mild to moderate dementia. And that was the key finding of the study and we could see the improvement after this clinical trial and it was observed in both intra and intergroup comparison using mini mental status examination or MMSE and also geriatric locomotive functional scale scores. And further we analyzed the serum levels of specific biomarkers uh, which are involved for cognition like BDNF and also we analyzed 
the plasma levels of beta amyloid and tau protein. And in addition, we also check the interleukin-6 and TNF-alpha. So in all these uh, key areas, we could find that there was significant improvement among the uh, subjects who take uh, who had taken this curcumin formulation. And uh, these were compared to the placebo and the unformulated standard curcumin complex. And this was like a three-arm comparative study where we compared the standard curcumin along with this, uh, the formulated curcumin. And we could see that this formulated curcumin had much more bioavailability and it showed this considerable improvement in their cognitive aspects. So the results of this clinical trial showed that supplementation with this bioavailable curcumin had offered the significant delay in the progress of Alzheimer's disease as evident from the improvement in their locomotive and cognitive functions related to dementia. So overall implication of this study is that it showed promising effects and it could warrant further research to inf investigate this long-term effect of this formulated supplementation on progression of this Alzheimer's disease. Yeah, sure. So for this, right, the encapsulated curcumin has shown superior effects. So when it comes to encapsulation, could you tell us more like what, what is the uh, medium that is being used to encapsulate the curcumin? And how is it, uh, how does it make it more bioavailable? It was already shown that curcumin had a lot of effects in uh, preventing uh, the onset of Alzheimer's as well as it had a lot of anti-inflammatory properties. But uh, the main concern that we had was in most of the studies, the bioavailability of curcumin was very less. So here we designed a product where we uh, used the standard curcumin formulation and we combined it with a fibrin-based hydrogel delivery technology, which was uh, prepared by fenugreek powder. And this uh, like fenugreek-based fiber uh, hydrogel delivery technology enhanced the bioavailability of the free form of curcumin when we administered that in oral form. So this free form of curcumin uh, increased the bioavailability. And it is very critical for the brain health since this form is the only blood-brain barrier penetratable form. And it also showed this anti-amyloidic properties. So this free form delivery is very challenging because uh, in the first pass metabolism, it converts into glucuronoids and sulfates. So that's why uh, the free form is much more advantageous because other forms do not completely reach the target area. So this is why we decided to use this curcumin, which was made bioavailable by combining with fenugreek fiber. So this formulation was found very safe for consumption and the bioavailability was validated in several other clinical trials as well. Moreover, this formulation has been used only the natural ingredients like the soluble dietary fiber. And this was completely safe for use uh, for any uh, age groups. And the toxicity was also very less. So we also did various clinical as well as non-clinical studies using this curcumin formulation. And we found that 
it had positive healthy effects in reducing occupational stress have functionally effects on brain waves and also improved joint health uh, specifically in knee osteoarthritis so it has been shown that this uh, formulated form reduced inflammation and oxidative stress associated with experimental arthritis models so uh, the main property that this uh, formulated curcumin showed that it elevates uh, the neuroinflammation and also it improved the cognitive uh, properties so that was the main advantage that we got after this bioavailable formulation i see okay so um the other benefits the other proven benefits of curcumin uh, in brain health like what you mentioned is also about um it can help to reduce occupational stress right so that's one of the the other benefits and also there's functional benefits on the brain waves could, could you tell us more about these two uh, benefits that were being proven so in other studies in other studies we had looked at the anti inflammatory properties as well as the property of its uh, oxidative stress uh, reduction so this uh, if you see uh, like the joint issues or uh, arthritis main problem is associated with inflammation so this bioavailable formulation could reduce the inflammatory response and also in the sleep studies we could see that this uh, was showing lot of beneficial effects so that the quality of sleep was getting improved so that could also be due to the uh, reduction in oxidative stress in the brain so the molecular studies associated with sleep studies are currently ongoing so we could see the benefitry effect in uh, benefitry uh, effect of this formulation in the clinical trials but the more details about the studies are going on so the active ingredient in curcumin is curcuminoids it's curcuminoids that's doing the work uh, yeah. is it, it, it am yeah. i right yeah ah okay i see i see so aside from curcumin we know that curcumin is like quite well studied in the area of brain health right um what other ingredients have shown neuroprotective effects as well so in addition to curcumin we are also focusing on several other uh, neuroprotective compounds and there are other uh, there are a number of other ingredients that have shown neuroprotective effects when taken orally so they there are uh, different compounds like omega 3 fatty acids which has this dha and epa which are very much essential for brain health they have been shown to protect uh, cells or the neurons against neuroinflammation and also have been shown to improve cognitive functions both in healthy individuals as well as uh, individuals having neuro related or the neurodegenerative issues and the other uh, compound include resveratrol which is a compound that is isolated from red wine grapes and berries and it has uh, shown to have a number of neuroprotective effects including reducing beta amyloid plaque formation and also improving cognitive function and protecting against neuroinflammation but the main drawback of resveratrol is is also its bioavailability so currently we are uh, conducting a clinical trial with resveratrol using same delivery technology on cognitive parameters and cerebral blood flow in healthy individuals 
and we could see that the results are really promising. So I will be able to share more details during the next presentations. So also the other compounds like vitamin D. Vitamin D is uh, really beneficial for overall health, including for the brain health. It has also shown to improve cognitive function in older adults and protect against neurodegenerative condition. Then there are other compounds like ginkgo biloba. It's a herb that is used for centuries to improve memory and cognitive function. It has also been shown to increase the blood flow to the brain and to protect against neuroinflammation. Then there is also a compound called uh, huperzine A. It is a compound found in Chinese club moss plant. It has also been shown to have these effects uh, in cognitive functions uh, in patients with Alzheimer's disease and also has been shown to protect against neuroinflammation. It is important to note that more research is needed to confirm the long-term safety and efficacy of these ingredients for neuroprotection. However, the existing findings are promising and suggest that these ingredients may offer a way to protect the brain from damage and to improve the cognitive functions. And in our studies, we are also focusing on additional ingredients that have shown to have this neuroprotective effects in uh, in various uh, studies. So in the preliminary studies, we have seen that quercetin and fisetin, which are emerging flavonoids found in many fruits and veg vegetables, uh, such as onions, apples, berries, it has shown to have anti-inflammatory and antioxidant effects. And uh, now we are making bioavailable formulations of this quercetin and fisetin for uh, most of the brain-related studies. And the other compound is astrasanthin, which is a uh, carotenoid found in algae, salmon, and other seafood. It has also have shown to have potent antioxidant properties, which may protect against neuroinflammation and neurodegeneration. And the other two compounds like Bacopa moneri and Centelli asiatica. So these are two plants which have been well studied in Ayurveda. And it has uh, been shown to improve cognitive function and memory in both healthy and uh, individuals having neuro-related issues. So it is important to note that these ingredients are still under investigation and more research is needed to confirm their safety and efficacy for neuroprotection. I see. So for the ingredients that you mentioned just now, right, the list of ingredients, are they uh, more commonly used in uh, older adults who are suffering from mild cognitive issues or are they also studied in uh, younger adults to enhance their brain cognitive performance? So uh, it could be used for both uh, people who are suffering from neuro-related issues or in younger adults who think that they're uh, like cognitive level improvement should happen. So this is given to both. So when we conduct clinical trials, uh, in some uh, of the clinical trial, we include the younger population, where we see that there is improvement in their cognitive abilities. And also in the older people where there are neuro-related issues, we try to see whether there is any more neuroprotection and their cognitive uh, abilities are retained for longer duration. So 
So both groups, uh, we do the trial when we are comparing any new formulations. I see, I see. Okay, and in which directions do you think the future neural uh, cognitive health research should go towards to? I, I, I guess like the gut-brain axis is definitely one of the areas. Yeah, so there are like uh, future neurocognitive health focus on different aspects. Like one of the main area till now is understanding the mechanism of neurodegeneration. Because till now we don't know uh, like how actually the Parkinson or Alzheimer's and similar neurodegenerative diseases are happening at the molecular and cellular level. So the uh, first important thing is to understand the molecular and cellular mechanisms that underlie the neurodegenerative diseases. And this knowledge will be essential for developing any effective treatment as well as preventive strategies. And the second is to develop new biomarkers for early detection and diagnosis. So we need to, we need to develop new biomarkers that could be used to detect neurodegenerative disease very early on. So that is really important before, uh, like uh, in most of the neurodegenerative condition, when we have this symptomatic stages, most of the damage might have already happened. So it is really important to identify biomarkers at an early stage so that we can intervene uh, earlier and improve the outcome for the patients. And the other is to develop new treatments for neurodegenerative conditions. So we need to develop treatments that can slow or stop the progression of neurodegenerative conditions. And this could involve developing new drugs, gene therapies, and other in, uh, interventions like the, uh, the nutraceuticals and other formulations that we are developing. And also to identify and develop preventive strategies for neurodegenerative conditions. So we know that most of the neurodegenerative conditions are incurable till now. So the most important aspect is to prevent the onset or delay the process of onset. So we need to identify and develop strategies that can prevent neurodegenerative diseases from developing in the first place. This could improve the developing, this could, uh, this could involve the developing lifestyle interventions such as diet, exercise programs, or developing drugs or other interventions that can target specific risk factors. In addition to these general directions for future cognitive or the neurocognitive health, uh, we are also focusing on several other areas which are really important. And among that, the most important, uh, most uh, developing area is the to understand the role of microbiome in neuro health. Okay. So there, is, so there is growing evidence that the gut microbiome plays a key role in neuro development as well as neuro uh, protection. So future research should focus on understanding the mechanism by which microbiome influences brain function and how we can manipulate the microbiome to improve the neuro health. And I see. Yeah. Uh, so the important thing is that uh, it, it is important to note that exact mechanism by which various ingredients improve the neuro or cognitive health are still under investigation. 
However, the existing findings suggest that variety of ingredients can have beneficial effects on brain health and cognitive function. When it comes to the brain and the gut microbiome, what do we know about it at, uh, about this at this point? Okay, so currently we know that uh, the, most of the neuro-related issues could be even directly connected to gut health because uh, we always think that uh, most of the uh, neurotransmitters like uh, serotonin, dopamine are uh, mostly located in the brain. But now we know that 90% of serotonin is released from the gut, 50% of dopamine is released from the gut, and all these gut uh, microbes play an important role in the release of these neurotransmitters. And also, these uh, microbes releases various metabolites that can influence the brain health. So uh, that's why gut is now called as the second brain and this uh, gut bacteria releases so many molecules that can influence overall brain health. So there are three connectivity by which uh, gut influences the brain. One is uh, through the vagus nerve, which is the direct connection to the brain from the gut. And there is also through the blood circulation and also through the immune modulations. So whenever there is a alteration in gut, so we think that uh, when there is a dysbiosis, that is the term that we use for the gut alteration. So when there is a gut dysbiosis, there are uh, gaps that are formed in the gut. And through these gaps, the exchange of materials can happen. So even the hypothesis is that most of the Parkinson's or Alzheimer's related plagues that are formed in the brain can be transported even from the gut. So these protein aggregates move from the gut to the brain and they causes this neurodegeneration. So that is one of the hypotheses. So now most of the connection is happening between the gut and the brain. So that's why we feel that the gut health is more important for overall cognitive improvement. I see, I see. I have another question uh, regarding the gut and the brain. I think it's, it might be like a chicken and egg kind of question. When it comes to gut health and brain health, gut brain exists, which is the organ that affects, uh, that is making the, that is playing a, a role in affecting the other one? Like, is the, gut dysbi is the gut dysbiosis the one that will affect brain health or is it like the, the brain health that will affect the gut? So which comes first? Okay. So this is just like the chicken or the egg. We can't clearly uh, tell which is coming first because uh, in both ways we have seen this uh, effect. So I will just tell an example. Now we have several models where we have uh, cognitive defects due to the uh, like uh, impact on cortex or uh, we call it as uh, the uh, when we face an accident there is a damage to different areas of the brain. So due to that accident, we see that there are alterations in the gut that is happening. So we developed these kind of uh, injury models and uh, including for Parkinson, we developed uh, six OHDA lesion models. And we see that in these models, we also have this gut dysbiosis happening. So due to brain changes or brain injury, the gut alterations happen. Similarly, when there is gut dysbiosis, it influences the brain. So the, we don't know where the starting point is happening. 
I guess this is like maybe um, an area that, you know, more research can look into, right? And um, when it comes to, you know, your upcoming or ongoing research on cognitive health, you mentioned a few just now, like, you know, the studying of um, Revestorol, right? Using the delivery system, the encapsulation to increase its bioavailability. So other than that, may I know if there's any other uh, major projects that you are looking at when it comes to cognitive health? Okay, so there are various uh, aspects with cognitive development that we are focusing on. Uh, one is uh, regarding all these uh, formulations. And also we are looking at uh, how uh, the signaling molecules can change the neurogenesis or neuro-related improvement. So we are looking at different factors. We call it as neurotrophic factors. These neurotrophic factors are important for of overall cognitive development and improvement. So uh, we already know about one of the neurotrophic factor called BDNF, brain-derived neurotrophic factor, which plays an important role in cognition and other memory-related improvements. Now we are looking at other neurotrophic factors which has shown to play role along with BDNF to improve this cognitive uh, or the memory improvements. So uh, we have a list of neurotrophic factors which has this interplay with BDNF to improve this cognition. So uh, those are uh, the key molecules that actually place the uh, last point of action or the whenever we are giving these uh, compounds externally, the ultimate change is happening at the molecular level. And these molecules like the neurotrophic factors play important role. So also in neurogenesis. So neurogenesis is uh, one of the key points, uh, apart from uh, the plasticity that is happening in the brain. So we have also seen that neurogenesis happens in two main areas in the brain. One is subventricular zone lining the lateral ventricles, and the other is dentate gyrus of hippocampus. And the hippocampal neurogenesis is important for learning and memory. So we have seen there are key molecules, neurotrophic factors that improve the neurogenesis. So we are looking at an interplay between these neurotrophic factors and how the memory and cognitive changes happen in our brain. What do you think are some of the market opportunities when it comes to the development of new dietary supplements for cognitive health? Okay, so over the past uh, or the last 20 years, the use of dietary supplements has continued to grow. And according to the latest statistical report, the global market for this dietary supplement is expected to be worth USD 300 billion by 2028. And uh, if there is uh, a small statistics, we could say that 75% of US adult population use this dietary supplement. And the global brain health supplement market was valued at USD 7.9 billion in 2021, and it is projected to reach 16.1 billion by 2030. So we have a huge demand for this uh, neuro supplements. So, uh, and uh, the main reason for this is also due to the increase in the aged population. So WHO has predicted that number of people aged 60 and older will double by 2050. 
and the number of people aged 80 or above is expected to triple by 2050. So you can imagine the number of aged population is going to be huge in the world by 2050. So most of the people uh, will depend on this uh, nutraceutical formulation to maintain their cognitive health. So we have seen the effect of this cognitive uh, effect of these supplements on cognitive health. It could uh, reduce the neuroinflammation and it could improve the cognitive levels. So now the world population is slowly moving to these nutraceutical supplements to maintain their healthy brain. I see. Okay, so it's um, very much driven by the aging population, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. When it comes to market opportunities. Yeah. And and for yourself, like, how did you get into this area of, you know, neuroscience research in the first place? Uh, why were you interested in this area as well? So uh, during my master's program, uh, I had an opportunity to do a research project in the area of neurodegeneration. And that was the key point where I could understand that the neurodegeneration could be the key for the next few decades because uh, there are a lot of demands and we know very few answers for most of the neuro-related issues. So that's why I moved to this area and I started my PhD in Germany in Freiburg in neural stem cell research where I could understand how stem cell could be used for uh, therapy like how we can use stem cells as, a, uh, as for transplantation for improving various uh, neurodegenerative uh, issues related to neurodegenerative conditions. So uh, that's the key area which I am focusing till now. And uh, at our center, we apart from the molecular neuroscience research, we are also conducting social neuroscience aspect. So where we are looking at the society and the need for these issues in the society. So uh, we uh, collect data from the society and take the information and include it in our research. So we conducted a project called Udbodh, which created Cochin City as India's first dementia-friendly city. So in that, uh, we had awareness campaigns, we had uh, created memory cafes, memory clinics, and uh, we also in collaboration with various agencies, started daycares for dementia care, and all these are parallelly running from the center. So, so apart from the basic molecular research, we are also uh, having these societal interventions. Based on that, we are getting uh, to get converted into a center for excellence, and the center for excellence is called as Center for Excellence in Neurodegeneration and Brain Health, and our main focus after getting this center will be on neurodegenerative aspects, uh, focusing on aged as well as autism and other developmental issues. Yeah, this is interesting. You mentioned like you all have created like memory cafes, memory clinics. How do they work? What, 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 are, what are all this about? Okay, so memory cafes are area where these uh, people affected with dementia along with their family members can come and sit together and discuss about dementia and it is a informal gathering of uh, these uh, people who are affected with dementia. So uh, usually there is social stigma and they do not come out of their home. So to uh, completely eliminate that stigma, we created these memory cafes where people can join as groups 
and discuss their issues and they can bring uh, uh, the members who are affected with dementia along with their caregivers can discuss a lot of aspects related to dementia. So we get small caring tips during this discussion. And also there will be psychologists, uh, panel of doctors and uh, other social workers who will be able to help them during these discussions. So that I is the that is the concept of memory cafe. And the next is memory clinic. In the memory clinic, uh, we have early diagnosis. So if a person suspects with uh, dementia, they can come to this memory clinics and get diagnosed. So there will be initial screenings. And if uh, it's, it's based on a questionnaire uh, called as MMSE. And if there is uh, some signs of degeneration, we can uh, like guide them to further analysis. So if they are not able to uh, answer uh, almost 75% questions, then we think that there is some kind of neuro-related uh, cognitive issues. And then we take them to the next level for confirmation, either MRI or uh, CT analysis to confirm whether there is any dementia or neuro-related uh, Alzheimer's related issues. I see. So this one is like on the social front, yeah. what the centre is doing. When it comes to the commercial front, uh, I guess a lot of collaboration is in clinical trials, you yeah. know, like working with uh, companies to trial their ingredients and see the effects uh, on, on brain health, right? So uh, for this entire work called curcumin and most of the neuro-related uh, molecules, we are uh, collaborating with AK Naturals. So they have several formulations that have been uh, developed and we are trying the main neuro aspects for those uh, nutraceutical formulations. And uh, whenever there is a key development, we are conduct, uh, first we conduct the preclinical trials and then go for the clinical trials and validate this product. And once it is validated and well established, uh, they market it and uh, sell the entire product so that it is directly getting translated as a product. So that is the advantage of working with AK and their products are really uh, good for most of the neuro-related issues. Actually, uh, our motto of our center is like a healthy brain for a healthy society. So all Indeed. the research, all the research that we are doing is to promote healthy brain in the society. So it could be early interventions or it could be development of products or it could be based on the products being transformed into a like final uh, clinical trial. So all these are step by step that we are doing at the center. So thank you for this invitation and I am really thankful for this uh, wonderful experience sharing with you. Thank you so much for your time to speak with me. Hope to catch up with you again for your new research findings. If you like this podcast, you can subscribe to Neutra Champion on Spotify, Google Podcasts and Apple Podcasts. You can also head to NutraIngredients-Asia.com for more content and news on the nutrition industry.